0: God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for that greeting, and we greet you with Jesus' joy. How many of you are happy to be in the service of the Lord today? You came to church on purpose. No force, no coercion. But you were happy, you were excited about being here in the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad, not mad, he said, I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So God bless each of you, and we are honored to have this opportunity to preach and teach the word of God, and I appreciate Pastor Dale's confidence for allowing me um, such a privilege over all these many years. And I want to begin by um, letting you all know I've just written or just released um, a new book. It's entitled Follow the Truth, Forget the Trends, Helping to Restore Order in the Local Church. Uh, The book is eight chapters, 214 pages, and I've dedicated five of the eight chapters on spiritual gifts and the importance of coming into recognition, honest recognition of what God has already gifted you with. And only until you come into recognition of those gifts is when God will allow you to release those gifts to reach those that you've been um, ordained to reach. Because what has happened so many times throughout church history, particularly between the 19th and 21st centuries, there's so many trends that have occurred in and out of the church. A lot of things that not scriptural, not spiritual, not led by the Lord's Spirit, And it causes people to be so inclined to follow those trends instead of staying rooted in the truth that comes from God's word. And so this is really the emphasis and the thrust um, of the book. And I pray that you will uh, consider uh, purchasing one. And we know and we believe that it will be a blessing um, to your life. Um, the book is only um, $20, but this book speaks of 30-plus years of uh, experience of uh, preaching the gospel and doing the work of the ministry. So uh, thank you for your uh, consideration and your support. All right, who, who's ready for the word today? You can remain seated. I want to um, just read a clause. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, and it says, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be, and I'm going to stop right there. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be. Be. And so my message today is entitled to be or not to be, to be or not to be. Father, we thank you for your presence today. We know that in your presence is fullness of joy. And on your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We thank you for your people who have gathered in this sanctuary and those who are listening by way of social media. I pray that the word of the Lord will minister to every existing need and that you will manifest your kingdom in the lives of your people this day. Your will be done in all of our earths as it is in heaven. Be glorified, my Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Tell somebody to be or not to be, that is the question. (laughs) The word be simply means to function in your inner identity, in your outer experience. To function in your inner identity, in your outer experience. To be or not to be is the opening phrase of a soliloquy in the scene of William Shakespeare's play, Hamlet. And the word soliloquy is actually a fusion of two Latin words. We have the word solo, which means to oneself. And then we have the other Latin word, loqua which means I talk. And it is a device often used in drama when a character speaks to himself or, or, or herself, kind of like in, in, in one act plays, relating thoughts and feelings and also um, sharing those feelings with the audience. And he did not sing to do or not to do or to have or not to have. But he said to be or not to be. The spiritual trilogy in a person's life, first of all, is to be. That speaks of our identity. Then we are to do which speaks of our ingenuity or our work ethic or our our productivity. And then thirdly is to have, which speaks of our inheritance or the result of our ingenuity as a result of coming in recognition of our identity. But we must perfect the first pillar of that trilogy, which is to be. Because if we learn to be, to do and to have will follow. The term to be references our identity, coming to terms with our gifting, our anointing, our grace that makes us distinct from all others in the world. And I think about how, in many respects, Religious tradition has done many of us a great disservice in that we have been taught a doctrine of conformity rather than a doctrine of individuality. And as a result, we find ourselves many times in church, we embrace false identities based on false teachings. And so the doctrine of conformity, it teaches us what I call group identity, that we are to walk, talk, act, dress, and live a as believers, and that coming into our own individuality is somehow bucking against the system. And as a result, if we would admit it, many of us, we have never had real satisfaction or fulfillment in who we thought we were. But that we allowed our true spiritual identity to be swallowed up in somebody else's identity. Or either they provided us a fictional character that we were supposed to play. It's just like they wrote the script and they required us to play the part. Our spiritual identity has been given to us by God and your spiritual identity is not rooted in your church affiliation, it's not rooted in your ethnicity, your denominational background, your cultural conditioning, your expressions of worship, what positions we hold or offices that we serve in the local church. All of these things are the attainments of men. And men can force you into becoming something that God had nothing to do with. And you never want to be guilty of spiritual identity fraud living out a fictitious character. And so we have to return to the beginning of our spiritual and creative origin that will help us to know who we are and most importantly, who we are not. I think I posted something on my ministry page a few, uh, a few days ago, and I said that in the importance of our ability and capacity to hear from God, it's important for us to know what we didn't hear from God. Because sometimes we'll find ourselves operating in things that we've heard others say or what others have heard from God to do and we assume it and we take it on and feel like it's for us but if God didn't tell you, you don't have any business doing it no matter what God told somebody else. So in your ability and capacity to hear from God, you have to know what you didn't hear. You have to know what God didn't say in order for you to eliminate from the equation so you can have the ability and the capacity to hear from God. So you can do that, that you know that God told you to do. Now, here in our text in Genesis 128, we see, first of all, that God is the ultimate and infinite intelligence and that he created the spirit of man. He conversed with the spirit of man. Then he gave the spirit of man a command before he ever put him in a body. Now pay attention to this now. Genesis 1, God talks to the spirit. In Genesis 2, he forms the body and then puts the spirit in the body. But before he put the spirit in the body, he told the spirit everything it needed to do before he put the spirit in the body. So once the spirit entered the body, the spirit was not supposed to follow the direction of the body, but the body was supposed to follow the direction of the spirit. See, a lot of us have gotten in trouble because we have followed our bodies Instead of following our spirits, and we already know what God has already told our spirit, but once we get in cahoots with our bodies, we let our bodies do the leading instead of allowing the spirit to do the leading. And Paul said, for as many, Romans 8 and 14, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So your sonship is not based on your body, your sonship is based on your spirit. Now, the spirit is the essence, the substance of who man really is, because think about it. You are in your body, but you are not your body. <laughs> your, body simply car- your body simply carries around who you are. When, when it comes to death, death is simply your life account being suspended from your body. So God created the spirit. Think about it. God created the spirit. He conversed with the spirit. He commanded the spirit. He placed the spirit in a body and the spirit is not supposed to change being who it's supposed to be. Once it enters into the body. All of humanity, believe it or not, all of humanity has relationship with God. Regardless to their spiritual state by way of oxygen, inhaling and and exhaling. But all humans do not have fellowship with God due to the utter failure of religion blinding us to our true spiritual identity. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 23 and 13. He was conversing with the Pharisees and he said, Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, He said, for you shut the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them who are entering to go in. In other words, Jesus said, you don't want to be a part of the kingdom. And those who are trying to gain access to the kingdom, you are blocking them. Just because you don't want to enter, why are you trying to hinder someone else from entering? That's what religion does. It always wants to blind you to who you really are in the spirit. And if we do not see ourselves as God's unique and individualized creation, we will never resume resume fellowship with God because we have been erroneously taught that we have to do in order to get back to God when we never learned to be in order to reconnect with God. So we all need to repent. Now I want to explain what repent really means. Think about the prefix re. It means again. The word pent, P E N T, pent is the highest place in a building where you have the penthouse suite. So to repent is to relive your life from the top, to relive your life from the spirit world. Controlling your body and not from the body world trying to control your spirit. You know, those of you that are musically inclined, have you ever been in in the studio um, producing a song or CD and you get to a part and you mess up and then the director, he says, take it from the top. That's what the word repent means. You've got to take your life from the top and start living from the spirit controlling your body and not allowing your body to control your spirit. So when we repent, we simply change our minds about who we thought we were, but we never were, that someone made us believe that we were. And we need to be who we already are, that we've always been, but we never gave ourselves permission to be. It is the spirit that is the divine power of God inside of you that directs your mind to think and your body to function. So God created the spirit, male and female, masculine and feminine, which means that there is gender uniqueness of the same spirit. So God has to be masculine and feminine. Because if it wasn't true, how can we be the sons of God and the bride of Christ? (laughs) So verse 28 says, and God blessed them. Now that word bless in Hebrew means that God gave them value, gave them significance, Gave them importance that come with the gifts, anointing, and grace deposited in every life that comes into the world. So that makes us creative beings since we are created beings. So that means that you give value to whatever you create. So that means that we really shouldn't come into the world looking for value, looking for significance, looking for importance. We possessed it the moment we were created. But you have to learn to increase in the awareness of your value. And as a result, God gave them one command. He said, be. And it was to be expressed in five different ways. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and dominate. He didn't say, do these things. He didn't say, have these things. He said, be these things. But we are to function in our inner identity, in our outer experience, because we are human beings. You know, there's more to you than what you may realize. When you choose to be who God has created you to be, your opportunities will be unlimited. But when you begin to conform to what others want you to be your opportunities will become limited once you discover and recover who you already are but may not have necessarily been it's important for you to begin to do inventory of what god has invested in you by way of gifts anointing and grace and then you'll begin to know what you've been put on this earth to do and consequently You will be adequately compensated for it, and it will reflect in what you do, and it will be known by what you have, and then you can become secure in who God has made you to be. And I found out something. When you begin to become secure in who God has made you to be, it eliminates You feeling as if you have to compete with somebody else. Because competition is a fraudulent activity in the kingdom of God. You know why? Because no one can beat you at being you but you. So you might as well be the best you that you can be. When you were created, you started with the best beginning possible. With everything on the inside of you to materialize from that one command, and that is to be. Now, say it when you were created, but check this out. But when you were born... We were taught limitations, restrictions, boundaries, parameters, suggestions that were put in our heads by well-meaning people that we couldn't be, we couldn't do, and we couldn't have for all different reasons, the color of your skin perhaps, your gender, Uh, You didn't come from the right family pedigree, or you have some alleged disability or other self-imposed barriers, and we were brainwashed by religion and negative thinking, we stunted our own growth. Clip our own wings and we stop dreaming, we stop believing, and we stop pursuing. We live who we believe we are. Think about that. We live who we believe we are. And many times we live who we believe we are because of who we follow. I'm here to tell you who you follow and what you follow is who and what you will become. Did not Solomon say, I believe it's in Proverbs 13 and 20, he said, he who walks with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Don't hang out with fools and expect not to be a fool. But when you hang out with wise men, you'll become wise. Uh, You'll go home and begin to study and do research and, and know how to conversate in various environments. I've learned to live by this beatitude which says, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. You have to learn how to be flexible in certain environments. You have to learn how to stretch yourself. You have to learn how to have elasticity in certain environments because there are places that God will place you in and you might be uncomfortable at the time, but the uncomfortableness is a good indication that you have room to grow. You have room to stretch yourself you have room to expand you have room to dig deep inside of yourself and pull up from that well those talents and those gifts and abilities that God has invested in you because you have a world to reach you have a destiny to fulfill you have a job to do And only when you begin to reach for what's on the inside You will see the manifestation on the outside If there's anybody in this room today That believes that you are ordained To have a collision course with destiny Now would be a good time For you to give God praise in advance Because your praise is an indication That you believe God And that you are walking in the fulfillment Of your destiny Let me close on this. <laughs> I want to talk real quick about three things you must exhibit to be who you already are. Three things you must exhibit to be who you already are. See, because being yourself is, is very easy because it's you. It, it's natural. But then when you have to uh, take on a persona it takes work to maintain an image that wasn't ordained for you to maintain. But let's talk about the three things you must exhibit to be who you already are. Number one, you must exhibit the courage to be. You must have courage. Somebody say courage. courage. Now, to have courage is to be brave, relentless, tenacious, to withstand force, resistance, and pressure. Don't be deterred by danger and pain, but you have to be bold and solid. You have to be steadfastly minded. Saint Thomas Aquinas, he was quoted as saying that, courage is the strength of mind capable of conquering whatever threatens the attainment of the highest goal. Courage it's not the absence of fear. But courage is doing what needs to be done in spite of the present fear. If someone doesn't like who God has gifted the and anointed and graced you to be, that's their problem, not yours. People want you to conform because they don't want you to show them up. Because some people lack discipline, work ethic, commitment and high standards for achievement, but they prefer to be mediocre and subscribe to being average and status quo. God did not call you to blend in. He called for you to stand out. It's easy to be like everyone else, but it takes courage to be yourself and not get sucked into the vacuum of being ordinary. I coined the phrase over 25 years ago, find out what everybody else is doing and don't do it. Maybe I need to put that on a t-shirt. Trademark. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, being yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. The world doesn't need sameness. The world is in desperate need of uniqueness. The next time somebody tells me that they like me, you know what I'm going to say? Say, you know what? I like me too. Thank you so much. See, you can only be happy by yourself as you become happy with yourself as you become happy as yourself. Let me press stop, rewind, and play again. You can only be happy by yourself as you become happy with yourself as you become happy as yourself. You know why? Because you are a divine original. So you have to have courage to be. Secondly, you have to pay the cost to be. You have to pay the cost to be. You're going to have to pay the price and know what's required to fulfill your God-given destiny. Uh, You're going to have to estimate and anticipate your losses. See, because before there can be elevation, there first has to be elimination. Sometimes your family will misunderstand you. Your friends, well, perceived friends may walk away from you because real friends don't walk away. Let me say that again. I say real friends don't walk away. They stick and stay like crazy glue. <laughs> And you've got to understand, sometimes religious people will criticize you. But, you know, I I think a lot, you know, don't expect people who don't know who you are and don't understand you. Well, let me say it like this. Don't expect people to know you and understand you. When they don't know who they are and don't understand who they are. Your security in your God-given identity, many times it reveals their religious insecurity. Your decision to be real with yourself will manifest how fake they are with themselves. That, That really happens. You know, sometimes people love you as long as you're doing what they want you to do. Y'all know anybody like that? But as soon as you decide to think for yourself, be your own person in the kingdom, they get upset with you because you are no longer a role in them fulfilling their agenda. They want to be the ventriloquist. They want you to be the dummy. And they want to talk through you because previously you had no voice. But when you took your voice back, it destroyed their agenda. And people will tell on themselves, when you decide to be you, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse five says, there is a time to embrace and there is a time to refrain from embracing. There are times that you have to pull people in and then there are times that you have to let people go. And if people choose to walk, read my lips, let them let them (laughs) walk. And the word refrain means to withdraw a good way off. To embrace means to clasp with the hands. Get a grip on who you are and who God has made you to be. The person that you've been for other people has to die so the person you've always been never given yourself permission to be can live. Stop telling yourself what you are not and tell yourself what you are. There's too much of you you don't know about that you need to learn about. And sometimes other people try to tell you, but sometimes you just don't get it. Sometimes I don't get it because it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. It's hard to see what other people see in you. But many times you have to get along with God. So there are two things that God wants to do in your intimate time with him. God wants to show you him and he also wants to show you you. I'm not talking about the bad stuff. He wants to show you who you really are in relationship to him. And you'll surprise yourself. You'll surprise others because no one else will ever know you better than you because you're always with you when nobody else is with you. <laughs> so you have to have courage to be. You have to pay the cost to be. And thirdly and finally, you have to stay the course to be. You have to stay the course to be. Are y'all get anything out of this? The course is the route, the way or direction in which someone progresses or develops, or a lesson in a particular subject leading, typically leading to a qualification. You have to give yourself a chance to grow, mature, and evolve, and be transformed into your divine originality. And and when you discover it, you have to function in it with, with no apologies. That's why you have to continue to be careful what you read, what you listen to, what you watch, the people you associate with, because either they will enhance your you-ness or they will diminish your you-ness. Learning yourself is the only way to stay the course in being yourself. And for me, you know, I'm amazed at people who spend all their time keeping up with other people and their activities, and they never invest any time in making themselves better. Improving their spiritual, mental, physical, and to health, because no one else is going to invest in you like you. And I found out something. Only when you begin to invest in yourself is when others will invest in you. But when you go around begging and pleading with people to invest in you. No, I don't cry like that for real. (laughs) (laughs) But when we spend all our time begging and pleading with people to invest in us, the first thing people want to see is what is it that you're doing for yourself? I I I found out. As soon as I start doing things for myself is when other people choose to support me. But when I'm not doing anything and I, expect the pe- and I expect people to do everything, then people are very hesitant about wanting to support you. But when you decide to plow the field first, Then there are others that will come along and tread the path along with you. But there are so many people, you know, they don't even invest any time, you know, in themselves. Uh, They absolutely know nothing about themselves, but they know everything about everybody else. Listen, we have to stop living for the public. Listen. Listen. You don't live with the public, therefore don't live for the public, for the people, for the applause, for the uh, social media likes. But we have to learn to live for ourselves, but you have to stay the course. You have to free yourself to be yourself. What God has called you to do is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But it is for somebody. And once you put out the right vibe, you will attract the right tribe. I pray a prayer like this. I'm like, Lord, whoever I am not ordained for, keep them away from me. You know why I pray that? Because I don't want to waste anybody's time and I don't want to waste my time. I was doing a teaching last night. Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine. Because they will trample the pearls and then they'll try to hurt you. So don't spend your time trying to invest in somebody who doesn't want to receive what you have to offer. But you have to begin to turn your attention and turn your focus toward those who are being drawn to you. And the people that are being drawn to you most likely are the ones that God has called you to. And you have to learn to pour yourself into people who want what you have to offer. But once you put out the right vibe, you'll attract the right tribe. Listen, you know, people use the expression, you know, let it do what it do. But listen, you can't let it do what it do until you let it be what it be. <laughs> Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have finished my course. He said I finished my course. That word course is dramos, D R O M O S, and it means having completed a race, a career, a life, an occupation in a special aspect. Is finished. It means to carry out the commands, the contents of a command, to bring to a close or end, to perform the last act which completes a process, to accomplish, to fulfill to carry out a thing to the full, to execute, conclude, and discharge. Now this is my prayer for you. I don't want to see any believer have an eye on their spiritual report card. Those of you that went to school when I went to school, in the 1970s going backwards, if you ever got an eye on your report card, What does I mean? Incomplete. Incomplete. You may not believe this, but it's better to get an F in a course than to get an I. You know why? Because if you fail a course, you may have an opportunity to retake it. But if you have an I, you never finished in the first place. And I don't want to see any of us have eyes on our spiritual report cards because we didn't make an effort to finish at all, all the course requirements. Sometimes you have to repeat a course in order to fully ascertain the material in order to complete the course with a passing grade. And in order for you to fully ascertain the material, In order to complete the course with a passing grade when you go around the second time you have to see things the second time you didn't notice the first time sometimes we fail because we get in a hurry to get finished and we're not thorough we're rushing You make mistakes when you rush. But when you work through things methodically and consistently and thoroughly, you can get it completed with a passing grade. You have to be who God has gifted you, anointed, and grace you to be. To be or not to be, that's the question. You have a do list, but have you ever had a to be list? Have you ever thought about who you needed to be? You always write down what you need to do. You know, I got to do laundry. I got to go grocery shopping. I got to do this. I got to do that. But have you ever written down what you need to be? Just something for you to think about in the coming week. You ask yourself all the time, what am I going to do? Seriously, I really don't cry like that, for real. You can ask her. I don't cry like that. Instead, ask yourself, who am I going to be? And when you learn to be honest with yourself about yourself, that's when God will begin to unfold to you your divine originality. It's not somebody else's job to tell you who you are. Let me say that again. It's not somebody else's job to tell you who you are. It's their job to remind you of who you are. But you have to discover who you are. God wants to use your life to the absolute fullest. Let me say this. What you are destined to do. Is more important than what you may desire to do. Oh, yeah. Let me say it again. What you are destined to do is far more important than what you may desire to do. But you, you have to be willing to go for broke. You, you have to be willing to go all the way in. You've got to discipline yourself. Do today what others won't do so you can have tomorrow what others won't have. And in order for, in order for me to be is up to me. No Nobody can do this for me. I have to do this for myself. And nobody can do it for you, but you have to do it for yourself. And I don't believe that there is, I'm serious, I don't believe that there's anybody in this room who wants to be like somebody else. I don't believe that. You, you may ask why. The reason why I don't believe it is you don't want to be like somebody else. You just want the freedom to be who you are like somebody else. Have you ever seen somebody that was so free, but you couldn't understand how they were so free? You don't want to be like nobody else. Now, I take people's money, but I don't want to be them. (laughs) I want to be free to be myself. But there is something that I know about everybody in this place, and if you stand up, I'll tell you. Come on, stand with me. I'm finished. There is something that I know about every person in this place today. And I'm going to tell you what that is as we pray. You want to know what it is that I know? You really want me to tell you for real? All right, I'll tell you. The person you really desire to be is trapped inside of you. waiting to get permission from your mind to fully express itself. That's what I know. You want me to repeat it just in case? You, is it some people say, say it again for the people in the back. Okay, I'll say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> what I do know is the person you really desire to be it's trapped inside of you and you're waiting to get permission from your mind to get it out, to fully express yourself. Because if you allow what's inside of you to start working on the outside, you, my brother, sister, you are going to be, and I'm sure most of you already are, but you will continue to be a powerful, powerful force for the kingdom of God. Have you received from the Lord today? Come on, give him a praise. I'm going to pray with you for a minute, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Johanna because I want to get to the um, book table. But... I love you all and I appreciate you all for listening to me today and pray that you have received um, the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for every precious soul that had the ear to hear, the heart to receive, and the mind to accept your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit will take the seat of this word and that you will plant it in the depth of our consciousness. Allow spiritual roots to grow down so that spiritual fruit will grow up and that that fruit will remain. Help all of us, Lord, as you progressively unfold to us our destiny that we'll find ourselves coming into what you have divinely ordained for us to be from the moment of our conception, the moment of our divine, heavenly, celestial, and supernatural creation. And we give you praise that this word is going to come to pass in the lives of your people. And we just rejoice for what we believe your spirit has accomplished today, and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Give him another praise.
1: Amen. Can we thank Apostle Calloway for that word? So if you were wondering if you had permission to be who God created you to be, you received it today. Amen. Amen. Well, before we close out, we're going to let Apostle Calloway get to the back. Don't forget his book is there. Um, he's going to sign copies for you uh, back there also. But I would like the elders and their wives to come on up, please, because, you know, that was a very good word. And I, But I know there's some of you wondering, well, who was I created to be exactly? And maybe you don't know. But God knows, and he wants to reveal that to you. Um, and so the elders are going to be up here to pray uh, for you. Apostle has already uh, prayed over you, so I'm going to go ahead and release you. But the elders and the wives are here for, uh, to just touch base with you. They'll pray with you about your identity, but they will also pray with you about anything else that you need this morning. So be blessed, go in the peace of the Lord, and, find, and be who God has created you to be this week. Amen. Amen. Amen.